2: Welcome to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Glad to have you guys with me Tuesday.
3: Eat tacos.
2: Yeah, eat tacos. I'm so... Um, we got Easter weekend coming up, and you know what? It's only Tuesday, and I, this is how much Easter candy I've already eaten. I'm, I'm already, I'm already Easter candied out. Um, hey, glad to have you guys with me tonight, though. So much happening. San Diego making the national news today. San Diego in the spotlight, and let me tell y'all, we ain't looking so good. It's not like, the way I wanted to be. Oh no, we're not looking good at all. We got to talk about that. Breaking news. Always, you know, it never fails when I think I've got my show uh, just ready to go. Um, you know, there'll be. Some kind of breaking news happening, and it just breaks everything wide open. There's breaking news uh, con- uh, surrounding uh, Congressman Matt Gates out of Florida, and this one is is really particularly interesting. So we're going to talk about that in a moment um let's see what else we got to talk about oh gee i don't know more rona crackdowns and things going on with that so we've just got got lots to talk about tonight phones were already ringing before we even went live so do write the number down and give us a buzz 888-344-1170 if you want to wait in on the show first time guests coming up you're going to want to stay tuned for him. It's John Tamney. He's author of the new book, When Politicians Panicked, The New Coronavirus, Expert Opinion, and a Tragic Lapse of Reason. He is the center director of the Center for Economic Freedom at FreedomWorks and editor at Real uh, of Real Clear Markets. So he's going to be a really interesting interview. You guys are definitely going to want to stay around for that. Um, okay, so... I posted an article. New York Times starts reporting this afternoon that Matt Gates is under investigation for having had sex with a 17-year-old. And, of course, you know that Matt Gaetz is one of the handful of, like, hardcore conservatives that we've got in, in the Republican Party. So, of course, he's going to be the target, right, of the left kind of going after him. When I first saw the story, I thought – You know, um, they're looking any way that they can to deflect off the Hunter Biden story that was starting to grow legs with the guns. Because, of course, you know, after Atlanta shootings, after Colorado shootings, immediately it was, how can we go? How can we grab everybody's guns right at the time that and then the Hunter Biden gun story broke? The felonies committed with his girlfriend lied on an application here. They're trying to push for gun control when Hunter Biden lies on an application in an application. (laughs) To get a gun, right? Oops. Right. So when I saw the article about Matt Gates today, I thought, you know, anything to deflect. We've got more breaking news coming out about Cuomo. You know, accuser number nine. We got to even talk about that. Accuser number nine comes out, of course. Uh she's got a really cringy photo, by the way, um, with uh, of Governor Cuomo. But then even more cringy than that was the press conference she did with Uh, with um, Gloria Allred because there's nobody cringier than Gloria Allred, but we'll try to get that to that later. So there's a whole lot of reasons for why the Democrats would be wanting to deflect against uh, Republicans. And since they were the ones dumb enough to take Trump off of Twitter, right? I mean, if they had let Trump stay on Twitter, they would have so much that they could use to deflect away from their idiocy of what's going on. So when I first saw the article, I thought, that maybe, you know, that's what was going on. You know, we've got an FBI and a DOJ that's completely weaponized against Republicans. And so, you know, look how they went after Michael Flynn, right? So, you know, I see an article that that, that the FBI is investigating a Republican. And I go, okay, sure. Just like they did, Matt, you know, Michael Flynn, just like they did the Trump family and in Trump for years. Here's Matt Gates's response today. He says, the allegations against me... um, are as searing as they are false. I believe that they are people at the Department of Justice who are trying to criminalize my sexual conduct. This is an interview that he did when I was a single guy, but I want to read, let me go back and read his tweets actually, because I think, I think that's a little bit, um, more clear as to what's going on. He says, over the past several weeks, my family and I have been victims of an organized criminal extortion involving a former DOJ official seeking $25 million while threatening to smear my name. We have been cooperating with federal authorities in this matter. And my father has been wearing a wire at the FBI's direction to catch these criminals. The planted leak to the FBI tonight was intended to thwart that investigation. So what he's saying here is that there's, he's been a part of, you know, cooperating with authorities to, you know, uh, ensnare these people that are coming to him with an extortion uh, scheme. And that's the F, the New York Times Article is based upon a leak to the FBI. Right. Because he's basically he's basically cooperating with authorities to go against the FBI and the Department of Justice. Right. So then he's saying somebody leaked to the FBI who then leaked to The New York Times. He goes on to say no part of the allegations against me are true. And the people pushing these lies are targets of the ongoing extortion investigation. I demand the DOJ immediately release the tapes, made it their direction, which implicate their former colleague in crimes against me based on false allegations. Um, skins, there, uh, there's no way. This is so specific. I, I started to read um, I, I started to read a uh, about, uh, you know, his, his interview with Axios. But I, I went back to read these tweets because they're so specific that I don't know how in the world he could he could be tweeting this if it wasn't true.
3: Oh, exactly. And I also don't think the DOJ is going to release the tapes. There's no way.
2: No, they're not. But ultimately it will, if what he's saying is true ultimately it will come out because he sent Axios, he did this interview with Axios, he sent them screenshots of text messages, emails, documents outlining the extortion scheme, um, which he says is run by a former DOJ employee Uh, the Justice Department declined to comment of course Um, Well, then maybe
3: it's in the Department of Justice's best interest to release the tapes before the ugly comes out anyway.
2: Right. Um, He says in regards to, you know, the allegation, the allegation with the 17 year old is not just about the age, but supposedly that, you know, he paid for, you know, hotel rooms or whatever and flights. And he's and his response to that was, look, I have definitely in my single days provided for women I've dated. You know, I've paid for flights, for hotel rooms. I've been generous as a partner. I think someone is trying to make that look criminal when it's not. You know what? Since when is a dude picking up the check? Criminal is that where we're at now? You know, uh, is that where the feminist movement is now? That it's criminal for a Last dude to time pick I up checked the check,
3: Andrea? That's called chivalry.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's that's called that's called step one before Andrea is even willing to accept a date. Okay, that's my that's my T's and C's, man. You picking up the, you're picking up the check, and if that includes an overnight stay, that means two rooms because no, you're not. I'm not sharing a room. That means you go, you're gonna pay for a separate room for you in.
3: And this is why and for dating me. advice I always go to AK.
2: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um so we'll see because this is for the New York Times. I I don't know they, you know, I, the, if what Matt Gates is saying is true is that he's been on the victim out in the receiving end of an extortion scheme that he can prove, the New York Times might be in a situation that that CNN was in. When Lynn Wood took them for I don't know how many couple hundred million dollars with the Nick Sandman case because of New York Times is although they I I, I, and I couldn't actually read the article because they they want me to subscribe and I'm not going to pay money to the New York Times Um, but other outlets are reporting basically what they're saying. Um, he says that the, F- um, the FBI has not made the specifics of the allegations against him clear and that he's been told very little other than that he supposedly, um, you know, uh, had a relationship with a 17-year-old and paid for her travel. Um, the the age would be criminal. Paying for the travel would not. Um, so at this point... You've got to be asking yourself why we even have an FBI. Oh old friend of mine, John Cardillo, former New York uh, NYPD, said, you know, we have remember, – remember back when Hillary Clinton claimed that Russia hacked the servers yep. for the DNC, right? And they made this claim on the basis of a company that she hired out of Ukraine called CrowdStrike. And the FBI said, oh, 17, 17 law enforcement and intelligence agencies verified this. Then they had to admit that they never looked at the servers. And we all were like, 17? We've got 17, why do we need 17? Do we at this point, not only is the FBI, I mean, and and they can't seem that they can't seem to get anything right except railroading Michael Flynn. Look at the the terrorist attack in Colorado was it was a known wolf. Almost every terrorist attack is known wolf to the FBI. They're not doing anything to protect us. Basically, at this point, the FBI and the DOJ, quite frankly, are operating as nothing but deep state actors uh, weaponized to criminalize the opposition.
3: I was just going to say, what have they done for us lately?
2: They haven't done anything. In fact, they're going against us. They're starting to admit there was one judge who came out. You know how they, the FBI and the DOJ has done nothing since January 6 pretty much except, you know, look and see how the, what, you know, teenagers they could find who might have been anywhere near the Capitol on January 6 or families that they could, could arrest and hold in jail. That's all they've been doing for two months. There was one judge who released a mom and son who had been arrested and said, There was no. And and the picture of the mom and son was this was the mom and son that were holding like the, the handcuffs, the plastic handcuffs. And the judge was like, you have no. These people did nothing that involved any actual violence. They didn't participate in windows being broken. They didn't attack anybody. They they didn't even break in. They were basically part of the people that walked in after a cop held the door open. And I demand that these charges be dropped. Good for him. Right. right. We need more of that going on in this country. So it's it, it, quite frankly, I and I said this from the beginning. One of the things is this is the Mueller investigation and the Russian collusion hoax and all that in the early phases. I said, you, I, I, you know, I, I busted Sean Hannity. I'm like, I'm tired of hearing how it's just a few bad actors at the top. It's not just a few bad actors at the top.
3: It's much deeper than it's that. deep
2: and it's wide. So we're going to take a break, by the way. I I could continue on with that, but there's so much breaking news. Breaking news with coronavirus. And, um, that makes me even especially excited for why I've got my next guest joining me, John Tamney, author of When Politicians Panicked, The New Coronavirus Expert Opinion and a Tragic Lapse of Reason. He's got some really interesting stuff to tell you guys about herd immunity. Stay tuned.
0: Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter. At Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K, Kay, the Donut Queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea
3: K Show on The Answer San Diego.
2: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show, 888-344. We had a caller who called before we actually even went live tonight. Said he wanted to know why Sidney Powell hadn't been on in a while and talk about Sydney and. Um, you know, we actually referenced Sydney uh, last week when she filed her motion with her attorney's 54 page motion to dismiss the case of uh, the defamation case. I gave my my uh, my I paraphrased the 54 pages that basically what she's saying is, is that her comments that she made. In interview segments, were not unlike uh, an attorney coming out of a courthouse, like you know the George Floyd trial, and giving an interview to the press. And comments that you're making are heightened; they're hyperbolic at times. They're not held to the same standards of, of evidence and what is, as well as court proceedings in, in 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 a trial. And so that was one of our arguments that that uh, in the defamation case. I haven't reached out to Sydney personally. I know Sydney personally, and. And I haven't reached out to her to, to invite her on because I feel like, you know, um, you know, she's got to be under the weight of a whole lot. I was invited to go to an event where she's going to be speaking, and you know, I, I, my schedule doesn't allow to, to go out there. But you know, I, I tweet her on a regular basis and just say, "Hey, praying for you, thinking about you." And she's responded, "Thank you." But you know, I just I feel like right now, you know, it's just Bad really timing. It's just not the time. You know, there's you know, there's really you know. I just don't feel like it's the time. And anyway, um, if I felt like I had breaking news or I felt like, you know, I'm, you know that it might serve her more or even the listeners maybe But there's more, nothing new new as far as really that. There's really not. There's really not. And anyway, um okay, so because the hot topics of the day really are um it's not that we, we we try to address the election issue every every show we mentioned in it. some we way shape or form in some way shape or form and we talk about the supreme court how they have refused in all the courts we finally had one court here evidence that had to do with the unconstitutional going outside the state legislature in which a judge came and said that that was unconstitutional that that person and in, in, I, I believe it was i don't remember now if it was wisconsin or michigan said that that person that individual secretary of state did not have the right to be making these changes to the absentee Ballots, unfortunately, the results were already certified. Um, so, you know, um, I don't know. Uh, you know, if uh, I'm going to think about it, and maybe I'll reach out to Sydney and see if if she feels like there's something she can share, and uh, on whether or not I think it makes sense for for her to come on. Because right now, all she's doing is dealing with the defamation case. She's not pursuing any other avenues related to election integrity, which is huge, right? Which is huge. Um, okay, so immigration. All right, so we know that at least 30,000 illegals have already been um, spread around America, already been released and let go. The We we know the Biden administration has been lying to the American people. They did a gag order to try to stop uh, and, and, and did a media blackout to try to stop the truth getting to the American people of what's going on. You know that they cannot sell their agenda with the truth and facts. That's why they have to lie. That's why they have to try to keep the the media out. Hat tip to Ted Cruz for, for, you know, barging his way in. Um, I felt like he could have been a little bit better when this gal yesterday was like, oh, please show dignity and respect to these people. Please show dignity and respect to these people. And he's like, you know, I don't what I'm seeing going on in here isn't dignified. Um, Really, the dignity and respect needs to be shown the American people. The taxpayers, that's whose dignity and respect is being is being destroyed. Right, Skins?
3: Oh, 100 percent. You know, in in the midst of what is a so-called pandemic, when we should be trying to keep our country safe. And you're going to let people, Joe, yeah, I'm calling you Joe, uh, ha- just come across the border willy-nilly, and we'll- that's not keeping us safe.
2: Well, of course not, and that should tell you right there that absolutely, and we're going to have a, a John Tamney on at six at 6.30, bottom half of the hour, that they are not panicked about coronavirus. They they know that it has a 99-point-something percent recovery rate. They're not worried at all about coronavirus, that, that this is all about... Um, keeping us locked in, can get, they've got control over us in our lives, and our businesses, and our churches, and all of that. And, and they're free to, you know, lie to you and tell you that this is just normal amount of people coming to the border. Do a media blackout. Um, they don't want you to know that this is this is an intentional uh, invasion into our country. Importing all these all these people that are dependent. They they did three things that were really key for you to understand day one of the administration. They got they overturned the public charge executive order. That prohibited anybody from coming into this country that was going to be dependent on us financially. So while Americans are suffering economically in this country because of communist power grabs over Rona, they are intentionally bringing in people that are going to break the back of us economically. They also uh, overturned something that would require them, uh, asylum seekers, to go to the first country that they enter, not past three countries so that they could come to the United States. We all know what this is about. This is about trying to bring these people here that are Going to vote Democrat, that plus HR1, then they've permanently changed America into a permanent Democrat voting block. That's what it is, right?
3: Uh, well, and, and the thing is, they know their public image is going to look bad. That's why they need HR1, because if they don't have it, they're not going to stay in power.
2: Right, because the border issue, let me remind everybody what was the number one issue for the American voter that was not just Republican, it was Democrat and it was independence? It was the border. And they all were chanting at these rallies in 2016 build the wall build the wall because going back to 2014 the the democrats and independents and republicans specifically gave the senate to the Republican Party, and why? Because the because of the border. Because at that point, we had all these quote unaccompanied minors flooding across. Remember, that's where the cages first started under the under the Obama administration. And the American people, including African Americans, were like, "This is who's taking our jobs. We elected you, Mr. First Black President Obama, and you've done nothing for the black community. In fact, you're hurting us with these open borders." And then the Republican Party said that they and had at that point they had the Senate and the House and. They said we got to have the White House, right? So that's why the American people elected President Trump. And the Biden administration—they know that that the American people are not on board with open borders. The American people voted for what? America first, not America last. The American people do not want hundreds of thousands of people showing up here to 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 as. Yeah, I'm going to say it as economic parasites off the American people. And by the way, they're showing here up here looking pretty well fed, wearing some brand new Biden T-shirts and carrying smartphones. And now on top of it, we've got the insult, the spit in our face by the administration and local San Diego authorities to bring the illegal kids, and by the way, most of them are teenagers and men, who should be staying in their own country and trying to solve the problem there. Oh, no. They're coming to the convention center, which, by the way, is hardly, I would consider, inhumane conditions, right? And teachers who have refused to show up for public schools saying t- they, they can't, they, oh, how, how dare you expect us to go and risk our lives to COVID, are going down to the convention center for in-person teaching. And at least, I think, 25% of them have tested positive for COVID. So what does that tell you? Interesting, Right? They, d- do they, not, do they d- Did these teachers learn something we've been talking about for a while? That the Rona has a 99% recovery rate? And, and by the way, today... The CDC comes out and and admits that about 78% of people hospitalized for COVID were overweight or obese.
3: More of what we've been saying.
2: More of what we've been saying. This is an issue of uh, the elderly and comorbidities of obesity. Everybody else, you have over 99% recovery rate that's why they're bringing all these illegals here and trying to hide it from you they want you to still be hiding in your homes while they flood their their uh, coffers and bring in new voters and the teachers and the teachers unions are all in on it together i think we need to take a break at this point i think it's a good time good place to break and then we can bring in john tamney uh to talk about um to talk about this in conjunction with his book that's out today about the Rona and politicians who panicked. And I'm not sure how much of it was panic uh, or how much of it was just clever crisis exploitation from the jump. But we'll continue talking about it when we come back.
0: Want more Andrea Kay? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K, telling you like it is, all while
3: eating a donut. The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego.
2: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Glad to have you guys with me, 888-344-1170. Looks like we got a new caravan on its way here. Uh, Tater Skins, you said that you read an estimate. We're looking at what, like maybe up towards of a million illegal, uh, com- illegal aliens illegal By the
3: uh, latter part of the year, approaching one million.
2: And 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 have we? And they're coming here. Are are they bringing passports? Are they are they documented with passports? Oh, well, they must be right, especially them vaccine passports. Right? They got that vaccine. That's right. Pa- they're all,
3: they're all vaccinated. And they're you know they're uh, probably g- going to be legal at some point. It's
2: fantastic. Fine. And none of them, none of them have anything to do with them drug cartels, right? Um,
3: probably none of them.
2: What about any of that group with the Spark of Divinity? Them Ms. Thirteen gang members, <laughs> right? Them them good church boys, right? Okay, it's insane. Um... Joining me now, first time on the Andrea K. Show, John Tamney, author of "When Politicians Panicked: The New Coronavirus, Expert Opinion, and a Tragic Lapse of Reason." Tragic indeed. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm so curious to talk to you, John Tammy, because I'm not sure. I, I'm continuing to, every day to try to figure out how much of it was panic and how much of what was going on was just calculated from the jump uh, crisis exploitation. But John Tammy, welcome to the Andrea K. Show.
1: Hey, Andrew, thanks for having me on.
2: Okay, so, um, let, tell, tell us, let's start with that. Um, you say that, uh, when politicians panicked, give us your view, take us back a year. Of, uh, because, you know, everybody's looking back. We're now, we've reached the year mark and everybody's looking back and everybody's blaming Trump. We got Burks and Fauci coming out now blaming Trump. And, you know, the, the goalposts are constantly changing here from, you know, now everybody's going to be vaccinated, but they still got to wear five, five masks. Let's go back to the beginning and tell everybody your perspective of what happened.
1: Well, it's, it, if you go back to a year, basically Donald Trump said, no big deal. But let's be clear, so did Anna at Vogue editor. She agreed, no big deal. Uh, Bill de Blasio in New York was riding the subways uh, saying, hey, everyone, go to see movies. Um, the, re- the view among politicians was correct. Live your lives. And then all of a sudden, they, they took a turn. All of a sudden, they started locking down, which historians will marvel at that. Because let's never forget that economic growth is the biggest enemy that death and disease have ever known. And poverty, by extension, by definition, is the biggest killer man has ever known. And so suddenly, you're going to try to fight a virus by destroying jobs, by destroying destroying businesses. Historians will be amazed that they could be so abjectly foolish as to fight a virus with a collapsing economy. Yet that's what politicians did.
2: And you're, and, and why did they? I'm look. I'm out here, I'm in La La Land, crazy town, you know, and it's very, it was very clear to me from the jump. And Gavin Newsom even admitted it that the coronavirus gave him an opportunity to get programs done, you know, that he'd never, that he's been wanting for years, never had an opportunity to do it. And he bragged about how he had the state on a dimmer switch. And no matter how clear it's been, we're, we've got 40 million people here in the state of California. In San Diego County, we got 4 million. It's not even a top five, five cause of death here. And And yet we still got all these crazy shutdowns going on. So I'm looking at it and going, I'm not sure how much politicians panicked at one point or just how much these Democrat, you know, governors, dictators saw an opportunity and the Republican Party panicked from the sense of maybe not believing uh The hype on the disease itself, but panicked that if they didn't join the panic porn push, that it was going to, you know, come back on them. Now, a year later, you know, it should be clear to everybody that it was irrational. But I think that they've managed to get into the psyche of so many Americans that no matter what new data comes out, no matter what rational thought, they're still buying into this. And I'm scratching yeah. my head, John Tammany, going, why are you, why, how can you not wake up to what has gone on here?
1: Well, yeah, and it, it speaks to my, my, there's a criticism of Trump to this that, that, that I'll try on you because I think you'll agree. Again, Trump should have stuck to his guns and he should have, by extension, said, you know, 50 states or 50 autonomous states in the United States were a constitutional republic. But if any state chooses to fight the virus by destroying companies and jobs by locking down. You can rest assured that I will campaign there every day. I will make it a campaign issue. If you do that, I'm going to embarrass you. Mm-hmm. Because imagine if he does that, he sends a signal to the Republican governors that I've got your back. The media will vilify me. But remember, they did that to him anyway.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I've got you covered. And think about what it says to world leaders. The U.S. is not going to be so maniacally stupid as to destroy their economy as a way to fight a virus. And so what the United States does sets the tone for the world. And so we save a lot of countries around the world from doing something so foolish. And with that, I think you would agree, Donald Trump is still president today. Yeah. Um, he is also a hero on a level that even the media could not could not reverse, because let's be clear, he would have been the one that said, no, 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 no. you don't fight a virus with death, with, with with job destruction, business destruction.
2: I absolutely agree. And I've said that that not maybe not exactly the same way or as articulately as you just did. But that's kind of been my my premise. And, you know, I. I felt like the original sin was that he allowed Burks and Fauci to come in with these, you know, uh, models that just even on, on their face should have been laughed at um, and and allowed them to push the panic button in him. And he didn't want to, you know, you just he got scared. And it, it certainly at the very least, he should have not allowed for the extension. Um, but then there's something I mean, from from my standpoint, I was looking at it. I never bought it. I I I, I I never bought the hype. I never bought the models that were used for this. And I also, from a standpoint of, uh, you've got a great article that I think that you wrote in Forbes that, to me, also should have made sense to every American that locking people in your homes is not the way to stop the spread. In fact, you need people out milling around. And that's how you create herd immunity. But these pou- Fauci just got Americans convinced that we were never going to get back to normal unless we hunker down in our homes and got a vaccine and Trump went along with it. You used a great analogy with this this island where the dude goes to trying to the mission, Christian missionary goes to visit these people. And tell everybody why that's such a good analogy for why lockdowns don't work. Well, so- some
1: may remember that two years ago, John Allen Chow, an American missionary, went to an island off of the coast of India called North Sentinel Island. And he was trying to bring Christianity to a people that had been there for 50,000 years, these isolated people who'd never left the island. Well, he got there and they killed him right away. And why did they? Because had he gotten near them. He would have killed every single North Sentinelese. And why was that? They have been isolated from the world, from viruses, from chickenpox, from the flu, for literally 50,000 years. And so any exposure to someone from the outside would kill them. And so it's a reminder that you don't fight something that's spreading by running and hiding. Mm -hmm. Implicit there is that, oh, it's just going to get tired and get bored and go travel somewhere else. No, no, it's always going to exist. The Spanish flu is still here. These others are still here. And so what has made the world so much healthier is that we've been around each other. We've been bumping into each other for Mm -hmm. centuries. Mm -hmm. And in much more in modern times, because people travel and everything, and that is the source of greater health. And she you think about what, what Fauci was saying and, oh, my gosh, all these Americans are going to die. When you think about that on its own, why did we need force? If so many of us were going to die, if we lived our lives, why did politicians have to lock us down? Do you need to be told not to drive 150 miles an hour? Do you need to be told not to use heroin? The more lethal something is supposed to be, the less there's need for force. And so the very idea that they would take away our freedom as a way of fighting a virus is so backwards on so many levels. Mm-hmm. It, it, it boggles the mind,
2: and it boggles the mind how so my, the mind to me how so many Americans are still buying into it. As you were talking about, do I need anybody to tell me to not take heroin? No, but you know what? Um, you know, you know there is many people like George Floyd who had lethal doses of fentanyl in his system. You know what? If you want to take fentanyl and, and die foaming in the mouth, you know that's your, that's your right. You know, the United States government is not supposed to be controlling our lives and stopping us and making sure that our, we're protected from every stupid decision that we make. And, you know, as, as time has gone on, the CDC came out with an order, a report today confirming something that we already knew. Upwards of 80 percent of those who were hospitalized died or, and are put on ventilators were obese. And we've known that for a while, yet we're not hearing anybody talking about boosting our immune system by first and foremost, something that we should all already know, John Tamney, which is you're supposed to eat right exercise you know put the fork down you know maybe maybe just stop smoking cigarettes and um you know focus on immunity i have not once ever heard Fauci or burks talk about immune system and talk about the obesity ep- epidemic in this country and how it played into to coronavirus
1: no, no, they haven't done that because that would take away their desire that people just stop living their lives. And, you know, that's one of the arguments that I make in the book mm-hmm. that the last thing you ever want to do is have one size fits all solutions to a spreading virus. They all said it was spreading like welfare. You want people making different decisions. You want some people who never leave their house. You want to see if that actually works. I think New York proved that it didn't. But but you want to see if that works. You also want the people fastidiously washing their hands and jumping off the sidewalk when they pass people. You want to see if that kind of crazy um, uh, behavior works. You also want people like me who couldn't wait to get out of the house, who were excited just to go to the grocery store every day to be around people. You want and in the minute restaurants opened, I was in there. You want people like me. And you also want young people hitting every bar and restaurant mm-hmm. and making out with every girl and guy. You <laughs> want 330 different m- million Americans doing different things because you need to find out by their actions how a virus spreads, what behavior is most associated with the spread. What's the safest behavior? Because remember, this isn't the first virus that Fauci famously tried to fight. Do you remember AIDS?
2: Oh, yeah. And you know what? We, at a time when we didn't even know how it spread. We there was nobody shutting down, uh, you know, dating and telling everybody we don't we, we didn't know if you could get it from a handshake. I can remember how panicked and gripped with fear the Americans were. And yet we still went on and lived our lives. And even at a point in which they realized how it was spread. They just did public service announcements telling people to, you know, practice safe sex. You know, there was no there was no attempt to control our lives. And I'm glad you brought that up because it was awesome so Fauci who said in the middle of all these lockdowns well you know he was literally recommending that people hook up via dating apps and have casual sex that was okay with Fauci Um, but you know you couldn't go visit grandma in a nursing home so you know the insanity that's going on with this just boggles my mind and it continues to make me crazy because there's still so many Americans that are pushing for this vaccine passport right which is nothing but a communist Marxist move in my opinion final thoughts about and your thoughts on the vaccine passport
1: oh i I think it'd be utterly mindless wait wait uh we can't have ids for instance for voting but for this we can go around and be forced to prove that we took a vaccine again about i'm pro vaccine but again about something we know very little Let's go back to Fauci. As I point out in the book, in 1983, he wrote a very confident paper saying that AIDS could be spread just by a husband and wife being in the same room together. (gasps) I didn't know how that wrong, How wrong he was. Wow. And so the idea that once again, a, a political class network class that has been wrong every step of the way about this virus, we're suddenly going to listen to them on this. And so you must take the vaccine that we approve and, and you must get a, a license to get around that we approve. No, no, no. At some point, Americans have to say we're taking our freedom back and we are, And you can't arrest us all and do what they did in, in Carlsbad, California. You all know this well. They said we're fully opening up. We, our businesses can either go out of business. Or, or, or we can open back up and they did it and that's what Americans need to do they can't arrest us all
2: that's right and, and especially as we're going into Easter uh, weekend coming up here churches need to do that as well um, John Tamney thank you so much for being here the book is when politicians panicked the new coronavirus expert opinion and a tragic lapse of reason so google that and get that book and read it we all need to get educated and and, and, and if you if you're still you know on the fence about this and I know there's a lot of families debating the ins and outs here you know, make up make up your minds for yourself. Read John's book. You know, turn off the TV, you know, and, and, and educate yourself and maybe your family as well. Um, and bring reason and, and, and thinking back to the situation. Thank you for being here, John. Thanks for having me. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Now, we're going to take a break. We come back. Hot off the presses, more information about uh, coming up with uh, the Biden administration this time on how they're going to kill kill us economically with uh, taxing and spending. Woohoo! Fun story. <laughs> fun story coming up.
0: Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter. Head. Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego.
2: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Follow up on the story earlier about uh, the uh, obesity. We have, I think, 40, according to the CDC, 42% of American uh population are either uh, seriously overweight or obese. So that's a problem. Um, and it's also, according to the CDC here, um in the in the U.S., non-Hispanic black adults have the highest prevalence of self-reported obesity in the U.S., followed by Hispanic adults and then non-Hispanic white people. So that kind of explains why the coronavirus has hit the minority populations. The left one wants to make it seem as though it's some kind of white privilege scheme against minorities for why they're hardest hit and you know i said from the jump and you know it's it's not defamatory to say that you know it, it's about the weight and about the culture you know it, southerners i come from the south man i this the obesity problem is large where i come from because the way we eat Land
3: of yummy food it's
2: just the way we eat i mean everything is batter dipped and fried you know it's just the way we eat everything's got a gravy on it um, so that's just that's just the way it is. And obesity is is defined as as a body mass index of 30 or above. And so that's a problem. Um, I want to follow up, too, on this vaccine passport. We've got to get active. We can't just sit around and complain. Um, somebody yeah, this is bad, bad news. This is really bad. This is really bad um, because it is a way to marginalize. As we talked about, uh, they, they what they want to do is they want to isolate anybody who's part of the resistance. Because ultimately all of this is about people control and the masks was the first test of the American people being submissive. And quite frankly, we failed. But the but they know that there's still those of us that are left that are not going to completely uh, fall in line. And with the vaccine passport, it will the, the attempt is the idea is to hurt us so bad economically that where we can't we can't function in society, and then we will capitulate. And then we're and then and then they, then they've got all of us. We need to get active on this. In fact, somebody texted me earlier and said that this is so much like um, Germany. Let me read. Uh, what was sent to me. I say it's no different. No, prog- uh, progress of control of Hungarian Jews, as told by Ava Kor, Mangala twin, survivor of Auschwitz, founder of Candles Holocaust Museum in Terre Haute, Indiana. She died in 2019. Businesses were required to obtain work permits for Jews. Then Jews were unable to get permits. Then Jews were not permitted to own businesses. Then Jews were not permitted to do business. Then Jews were segregated. Then they were transported to concentration camps for their own protections, for safety. And and then they began to be exterminated. And certainly doesn't it seem like that is kind of the process here, right? Um, you know, you, you're not going to be able to get a work permit if, you, if you're if you not vaccinated. Uh, then you won't be able to get a permit, you know, because we're going to be considered evil, you know, the, the evil people. Um, you know, if that seems dire and if I sound like a conspiracy theorist, okay, fine. You know, then, you know, noted. But history repeats itself, right? And that's one of the reasons why they want history scrubbed. It sure seems eerily similar. Hey, Been working it?
3: really hard at, at rewriting history,
2: right? So, what one of the things that we need to do is get active. Uh, somebody, uh, I, I, I took some screenshots of some guy named Andrew today on twitter and he said want to stop the vaccine passport take a page from the left and start calling and tweeting america's biggest airlines hotels restaurants and entertainment venues to ask that they publicly oppose biden's un-american plan to turn millions of people into second-class citizens and i screenshotted um the phone numbers for all uh, for those businesses and and industries he just described and they're on my facebook page and we need to be doing that we need to be active the you know the squeaky wheel gets the grease right
3: and this absolutely affects
2: everyone. It absolutely affects everybody. You can, and, and, and so even if you're pro-vaccine, you've That's got not to, the point. It's not the point because this isn't about a vaccine. This isn't about a virus. If they were so panicked, they know that there's a 99% recovery rate for everybody who's not 65 or over and you know morbidly obese. They know that. They know the kids don't give it and don't give it, so there's no reason for the schools to be open, which is why they can't answer any reasonable, can't give an explanation as to why the union school teachers won't go to schools, but they'll go down to convention center and be around COVID positive kids to teach, right? None of this is about a virus. You must understand that. So even if you're pro-vaccine, you must understand what this is, what, wh- how this can ultimately hurt you because so many times people don't want to get involved, Skins, because they think, oh, it ain't going to bother me. It's like these liberals. They're, I'm not going to get canceled. I'm all for cancel culture, Right. Until, they, think, until they, till they realize that somebody's going to dig up some tweet that they, you know, did, you know, or something they said 10 years ago. You know, at, even
3: if you're not, you know, about, you know, you know what these vaccines are about and you don't want to put it in your body, there's people that might want to not take it for religious reasons. There's people that might not want to take it because they have medical issues that are going on. And so what?
2: They're never allowed to work again? How no. about this? How about realizing... That that there's that everything in this country should be based on individual liberty and and uh, also free markets. Right. Why? Your your desire or what you think your desire to take a vaccine should never create an obligation on, on the part of anybody else. And if you're willing to let somebody else's rights be taken away from them, then you're willing to have your own rights be taken away from you. Always, always, always. If you always avoid anything that you can jumping jumping on something that denies freedoms of somebody else because your freedoms it's like it's like the um our founders understood what made this country so great is their understanding that our rights come from god not from man because as soon as you are willing to accept that your rights come from man you're willing to give your rights away to man and and one right given away leads to all rights Given away, you have
3: to stand up for we've, your freedoms. You've got to, do to it stand
2: now. up for freedoms and freedoms. It's why I will argue for the rights for somebody as despicable as Al Sharpton or Louis Farrakhan to have freedom of speech, because that means I have freedom of speech. It's an American right. It's an American right. We'll see you tomorrow, six p.m. Pacific time.